Hey, I'm Brenda. She, her. Uh, hey, I'm Austin. He, him. And this is Secret, Secret History, History of, of Nerd, Nerd Mysteries. Everyone, welcome to episode five. My name is host Brenda. My name is host Austin. We've been struggling with internet issues for what it's been like a half hour. Yeah, pretty much exactly a whole half hour. <laughs> which, when you're dealing with internet problems, it just feels like um, just a lot longer. Forever. It's it may as it's been fifteen years. Yeah, like so long. But anyway. Not only have we been having like some internet problems, we're trying out a new recording program today. So everyone, cross your fingers that it worked and that the audio sounds good. <laughs> you listening to this right now, maybe you're like, this audio is amazing. I should tell them that the audio is amazing. Yeah, maybe you'd want to be like, oh, the audio has improved immensely. Good job. And give me like a little thumbs up because <laughs> I didn't go to school for audio. <laughs> I'm figuring this I out on my didn't. own. I didn't need. I didn't take an art class in college, so fuck all I know. <laughs> I took one sound class in college, and I'm pretty sure I just like because we were using GarageBand, and I just pretty much just like fudged the whole thing. I'm like, I'm not good at music, and podcasts weren't really like as big as they are now. Mm -hmm. So I just was like, what's the? I'm never gonna need to do audio, you know. So, <laughs> well, past Brenda, let me tell you something. <laughs> A fool. <laughs> so, Austin. Yeah. I know that we had talked about potentially doing, like, a rant episode about the uh, Snyder Cut of Justice League. Oh, absolutely. But I did do some thinking, and I don't think it's the time for that. That's that's fair. We'll, we'll wait for it to be out, and I'll scream. Yeah, we'll see it with our own eyes. Maybe we'll do, like, a special, um, special episode. But yeah. I think for now, we need to stick to our formula, which is like, you know, telling people about like things that we like. <laughs> <laughs> Not, hey, here's this thing I hate. You know, that's good. I could literally dunk on the DC cinematic universe for a hundred years. And I was trying to like put a spin on it to like do research and figure out like, how can I fold this into the parameters we've set for our show mm -hmm. and i could not do it because i just started thinking about man of steel <laughs> oh, and i could no. literally just like talk about how much i hate man of steel for hours just man of steel like don't even get started on suicide squad batman v superman oh, wow, or man. justice league like don't even also aquaman i saw recently people say that one's good what movie did you see <laughs> <laughs> what were you watching that i was not watching <laughs> The, the DCU really was just like, okay, we're going to release like three movies and then have a team up. And <sighs> everyone just said, cool. Sounds great. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm already getting heated about it. So anyway, I was thinking like, what is a thing that you really like that maybe people don't know too much about? And I was like scrolling through Disney Plus and I came across the show called uh, Prop Culture. Have you watched this on Disney Plus yet? I have not, but it's... It talks about like it's like the props of from like Disney stuff, like movies and stuff, right? Yeah. So the premise of this show is that this guy is going around and hunting down like old props from like various Disney movies. So he's like hunting down like things from uh, the maquettes from Nightmare Before Christmas, 
uh, props from the Muppet movie, costumes, Mary Poppins, like things that are like difficult to find. And immediately when I saw this on Disney Plus, I was just immediately like, oh, we got to watch this because my dad is a prop maker. Oh, so he's a he was a prop maker on uh, SpongeBob, Sponge Out of Water, uh, the Sleepy Hollow TV series. And he did what was that Disney movie that Wizard of Oz one? Oz the Great and Powerful, um, which is actually filmed in Pontiac. But anyway, so we watched, we're watching this series, and there's an episode on a little-known Disney movie called Tron. <laughs> you may have heard of it. It's it's really, really small project. <laughs> and uh, Tron is one of my favorite movies. Really? Yes. I, I love that movie. It is like a feat of engineering. If you haven't figured it out, this week we're talking about Tron. <laughs> Austin, <laughs> Austin, have you seen Tron? I've seen like enough of tron to stay culturally like that's like people are like there's a tron movie and i'm like well better go find what clips people are putting up on youtube (laughs) um we watched this episode of prop culture where they're like tracking down like all of these props from tron and i was like your friends like it too right it's popular with like people your age and i was just like looked at her dead in the eyes and i was like no it is just me i am the only person i know who has one seen this movie in its entirety multiple times and two has like a bunch of merchandise from it. Like I have like over on the shelf here, I have a light disc. Uh, it's from Tron Legacy because the Legacy ones looked more impressive, even though Legacy wasn't a good movie. Mm. Um, but it sits on a shelf of honor amongst other Tron props. So it's a movie that I really like. Um, it maybe was one of the first video game movies. Oh, right. Because Tron was a video game first. Well, it wasn't a video game first, but it was loosely based on just like the concept of like video games and arcades. Uh, Tron was released in 1982. It's a movie that stars Jeff Bridges, Bruce Boxleitner, I always say his name wrong, (laughs) and uh, Cindy Morgan. And it's the story of a computer programmer who had the game that he designed, Space Paranoid, stolen from him by like a big conglomerate that he used to work for. And while he's like hacking into the mainframe to try to like sabotage this company he gets sucked into the digital world (laughs) and has to find his way home so um it is there's a lot of firsts for this movie it was the first combination of cgi and live action um it had the first talking and moving fully cgi character it was the first combination of a cgi character and a live action character uh so get wrecked jar jar banks (laughs) it was the First movie extensively based on video games. Um, and it was one of the first uses of like facial CGI animation. So it's an incredibly groundbreaking film. And it made, it was a flop. No one liked it. <laughs> I didn't know people claim that for Jar Jar Binks because I assumed it would have happened before. I was like, surely it's happened before. It was like the first time it was used like incredibly extensively. Mm. Um, but no, it have 1982 Tron. Um, it, the character in question is Bit. He is a bit in a computer. <laughs> he's like this little cube and he can say yes or no. And that's pretty much it. He's in like 10 seconds of the movie. Because in all actuality, there are only 15 minutes of CGI footage in Tron. And there were barely enough computers in California able to power those 15 minutes mm. they had to like lease out like a bunch of different places in order to get the computing powder power to render the 15 minutes of cgi in tron the rest of it is um painted over with a process oh. called backlit animation which was really big in the 70s um so like all of the glowing in mm-hmm. tron was painted by hand wow on cells that i i imagine like 
when people first saw Tron, like, it premiere weekend or whatever, must have, like, melted people's faces off. Oh, my mom, literally, when she saw it, she got out of the film, <laughs> went right back in and watched it again. Yeah, I mean, it's, that is, I feel like the only thing I can compare it to is, like, uh, for, like, a cultural phenomenon, like, a jump in technology of movies is like for us is james cameron's avatar which arguably it does not hold up but yeah but like when i first saw it and like the special 3d they had for it and everything i i like left and like went back in i was like that's i've never seen something look like that yeah it was mind-blowing to see because i saw it in imax and 3d and it was, it's a mind-blowing movie to see in that format mm. but outside of that format it's a bad yeah, movie. Yeah, it's not. It, <laughs> like, it's not a good movie. So Tron, this actual good movie, it's questionably good. Oh. It has. <laughs> it there's like the world. They didn't like get to fully realize the world. It has like a a scope that's like a lot bigger than what they were actually able to accomplish with the budget they had, mm-hmm. and because it never been done before, they just kept re- like hitting walls with the production because like the technology was just not quite ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um. Another thing was that uh, Disney agreed to produce the film and, like, back it up. Um, So the director went to Disney animators to help out with, like, the cell painting process. The animators would not help them. Because to them, CGI was the death of their industry. Oh. So, okay. They were like, why would I, like, give you a sword to stab me with? Yeah, they were like... And Disney was not doing very good around this time. Like, they would just had a bunch of live action bombs um and uh, their animated films were not doing good this is like uh 82 this is uh black cauldron mm-hmm. uh fox and the hound um ish like that era yeah robin hood which robin hood's a good movie but like it didn't do well and uh black cauldron is disney's biggest bomb to this day like just absolutely did not do well yeah, they just they weren't hitting the uh, like there wasn't iconic stuff coming out I mean, people, like, you look back in, like, Fox and the Hound and Robin Hood and stuff, yeah, people are like, oh, yeah, I love those movies, but at the time, like, I, I feel like that's why when we were kids in the 90s, Disney was, like, re- like they were revamping everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, we got to grow up during, like, the Disney Renaissance when Disney movies were good again, but during, like, the late 70s and the early 80s, like, Disney had just become so entrenched in doing things Walt's way Mm -hmm. in like the years after his death that like they just weren't innovating and everyone else was innovating so we got to grow up like in the years of the Disney renaissance so we had like uh Little Mermaid was the movie that kicked that off um so we really only know Disney as like this powerhouse of animation we got to grow up with like the really good shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I guess I wonder like if Disney had helped out with Tron like it I don't know, just, like, if Tron would have been even bigger in scope? Like, if they would have actually gotten the help they were promised? Yeah, it really makes you wonder, because, like, not only did the animators refuse to help with the film at all, but Disney, uh, it was supposed to release in, like, the fall of 1982, Mm. but Disney moved the release date up to July because they were very afraid of the movie going head-to-head with uh, Don Bluth's Secret of Nim. Oh. They were very... (laughs) terrified of this film going up against that film and this is a time period when don bluth was making a lot more money than disney so like this is a legitimate fear but in moving it up to july it had to go up against uh just some little old movies you might not have heard of uh et oh yeah you know blade runner oh yeah just those wrath of khan those nothing movies (laughs) (laughs) yeah and poltergeist so like 
you know, four just like really big movies, Blade Runner and Star Trek Two, which are two big sci-fi movies. Um, I think Tron could have competed with Secret of Nim because they're two completely different genres of film. But to expect Tron, which, you know, it, it's got some plot issues. Like, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense mm -hmm. um, <laughs> to go up against those two juggernauts of sci-fi. It did not stand a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially, like, something like Star... I mean, Star Trek is, like... I mean, to this day, I feel like other properties probably get a little sweaty if they see Star Trek is going to do something on the same day. Like, that's, like... That, that's, like, a... That's, like, hey, go fight God. <laughs> yeah. And, like, arguably, like, Star Trek 2... Like, start, the first Star Trek motion picture was not received very well. But Wrath of Khan, that is the one to this day everyone's like, well, that's the good one. <laughs> like, everyone's like, that is the definitive Star Trek movie. Right. And, it's wild. And something like Blade Runner, <laughs> which is another, like... Like, those two movies are both big... They're other big-scope sci-fi movies, but they pull it off albeit like they didn't have the same hurdles it sounds like tron did which was like bringing in all this new technology but by not doing that they were just at a better footing for like having their big scopes like pay off yeah blade runner didn't have to compete with the lack of available technology lack of support from the studio you know and like the the wild thing is that like uh, blade runner had sid mead working on mm -hmm. it um do you know sid mead uh oh i do not know who sid mead is <laughs> Okay, so Sid Mead uh, was this big sci-fi artist in the like the seventies and the eighties. He's the guy who did a ton of like map paintings for various sci-fi mm. movies, and he did map paintings for Blade Runner. But he also did concept art for Tron as well. Oh. He did he did not do the there's one map painting in Tron, and he did not do that one. Um, but so like competing like kind of art styles as well, going up against each mm. other. Um, but Sid Mead designed the like the light cycles, um, and in prop culture, the show, the episode of Tron, they go to his studio and he's talking about like how there were constraints with like what the designs could look like in the end, because the designs had to fit in with what CGI was capable of doing at the right. time. So he was designing all these like crazy things that could not be <laughs> feasibly converted into like how rudimentary CGI was in 1980. Right. Um, Mobius also worked on concept art for tron as well oh, cool that that adds up that makes sense yeah it's like a lot of like the designs mobius is another like big sci-fi uh comic artist really big in like the 70s and the 80s um has like a very interesting art style very distinct art style uh but these are two really big science fiction artists working on this film and no one really knows that they had anything to do with it yeah i had no idea um i find it interesting because you mentioned the tron, tron legacy the newer one um and just <laughs> it's interesting because like now like <laughs> like cgi and tech like we have a lot of we have the technology right but yeah i have heard from mm -hmm. a lot of people like it's not good but it looks kind of cool yeah so trial legacy is kind of an anomaly because it came out 20 years after the first one about 20 years right 30 years 30 years 30 years <laughs> 30 years after the last one and Tron. So it wasn't a movie that had like a lot of brand recognition. Um, but yeah, Tron Legacy came out. Technology was there, but it kind of came out too soon, which maybe could be said about like the original Tron as mm -hmm. well, that it came out too soon for like the hype. Uh, Tron Legacy came out like about 10 years before 80s got 
like 80s nostalgia got really big mm. so like right now we have like stranger things and like just a ton of like 80s properties that are getting really big mm. again tron could have been a part of that but it you know that sequel came out just way too early and just did not have like any heart because where the original tron has like it made all of these like cgi breakthroughs tron legacy didn't make a breakthrough in anything the plot is like very obtuse the movie is dark like just like the lighting is dark which is surprising because uh everyone has lights on their bodies <laughs> like um it's like very tropey the cgi in some places isn't actually very good like even for 20 i think it came out 2010 mm. i could be wrong but uh there's nothing special about tron legacy and it didn't do a good job of clarifying the original very much wow yeah that's a it's really weird it's a really weird movie yeah that's, un- that's a weird <laughs> bummer because you think like i don't know that this is like their chance right to clarify some things to fix up some of like the writing loopholes or plot holes they had or whatever and to make tron like tron they're like we can do all this stuff we even if they just like let's do all the stuff we wanted to do but couldn't in the 80s and it sounds like instead they were just like oh well, kids are into like explosions and darkness so we're gonna make a dark movie and they'll be on the light bikes and i remember all the suits being black for some reason yeah all the suits are black uh in contrast to the original where all the suits were white yeah that just seems like a like a not to belittle any artist who worked on it, but like a cash grab by a studio, really. Yeah, which is really weird because Tron's not like an incredibly lucrative property. Mm-hmm. But I feel as though, and I couldn't find like any definitive information about this. There's a couple things that back up what I'm about to say. But I feel like Tron was a bigger deal in Asia than it was here. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you've played Kingdom Hearts. I have. Yes, there are Tron segments in various kingdom hearts games i think two was the first time you go to like the original tron world which is an interesting choice because like kingdom hearts highlights like really popular franchises so like kingdom hearts 2 has like uh parts of the caribbean was really big at the time and mulan's in there and beauty and the beast is in there and tron's in there (laughs) and it just always kind of felt like an outlier and i knew what it was but i remember my friends were like i've never seen this movie before just being incredibly confused by what this segment was (laughs) and like who these people are and i'm I'm just like, oh, well, there's this Tron. He's like in the grid, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we got to go fight the master control program. <laughs> Get with the picture. <laughs> oh, I was going to just say, I feel like Tron, like the more you talk about it, like introduce the like that idea of like going into the game or into the program or whatever, because there's a bunch of stuff that does that now. Yeah, I feel like it's probably like one of the first instances of going into a digital world like now we've got like digimon is a big yeah. one and uh cold lyoko is another yeah. one i feel like cold lyoko is very inspired by tron oh yeah um in like the designs of like the monsters and like the design of like xana's symbol very tron like so it definitely did inspire a lot of stuff it's just weird that like it it's just kind of in like this weird nostalgic limbo space where it just kind of gets forgotten until like every 10 years or so someone kind of remembers and tries to bring it back and then ultimately just butchers it we talked about tron legacy came out in 2010 and there was also like a corresponding animated series with that called tron uprising which i have not seen because i think it's ugly but that came out around that time and that didn't get a lot of seasons everyone has big long faces and long legs it's just very bizarre uh, but like about 10 years prior in the early 2000s they tried to create a sequel to tron in the form of a computer game so there was like this computer game that was like tron 2.0 mm. and it was 
a big deal. I remember Disney really tried to hype this up and like, this is the sequel to Tron. It's Tron's anniversary, 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. This is the sequel. And it didn't sell well. And it's a very bad game. <laughs> um, so every couple years, Disney tries to bring Tron back. Nobody cares. I get, a, I buy a lot of merchandise and uh, everyone goes home. <laughs> That's so, it's so weird that they keep trying to bring it back since it has not been lucrative. And it's so it's, odd because like you, t- you brought up black cauldron and like disney's so apt to like if it didn't make money they're just like we're just gonna it never happened yeah which is why i think it has to be doing well in asia mm-hmm. and um my second point to kind of go back to that is that shanghai disneyland has a tron roller coaster oh. like a whole roller coaster oh, wow. based on tron um and that roller coaster is coming to the magic kingdom now which is just very interesting uh, so there has to be like kind of some pull somewhere, right? Just not here. <laughs> yeah, somebody's like they're seeing enough profit on it to like keep doing this and keep making more properties and merch and push it every few years. So, and I, I mean to bring like the whole roller coaster here. Like, I wonder, I wonder what the plan is after they bring it here. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they have another like we're gonna re-release Tron or we have like a new Tron show or whatever. Yeah, a couple years ago, there was, like, rumblings about... There's supposed to be an immediate sequel to Legacy that never happened, Mm -hmm. but now there's rumblings that, like, another sequel's coming out, and unfortunately, they say that the rumor is Jared Leto's attached to it, so I hate that. wow. They... (laughs) I hate that. Wow. (laughs) Who's still calling that guy? I know. Who's, like, giving him the time of day? Like... Morbius is he in Morbius? Yeah, yeah, he's, the Marvel he, movies? he is Morbius. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's Morbius. Yeah, I didn't want to say and then be wrong because there there is another guy I always mix him up with, but yeah, he's in Morbius, and I'm just like, well, I'm not gonna see yeah, it. Yeah, which is a bummer because it sounds <laughs> I'm not gonna go watch a movie. Like it seems interesting. It seems like they're trying with the Morbius movie. They seem like they're trying to bridge the Sony cinematic universe thing they're doing with all the villains and tom holland spider-man because that's like the new part of their deal with marvel um like they're gonna somehow mm-hmm. bring like they're just getting closer to like a, a real big super big mashup you know um so i'm like that seems interesting but jared leto's morbius so <laughs> oh well Ugh. especially because they're they're gonna make a blade. disgusting yeah they're gonna make a blade movie soon so i'm like they're gonna have vampires they're gonna have like i listen i want to see it morbius is a cool character Jarrett Leto said he wanted to, like, yeah. uh, harm Will Smith's children. So, no thanks. <laughs> no thanks. I don't need anyone to, to terrorize. <laughs> he terrorized, like, everyone on the cast of Suicide Squad. <laughs> and, like, Will Smith was just, like, he got the worst of yeah. it. And it, he does not deserve He's, that. Jared Leto can go fuck yeah, himself. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I, there's this old... Sorry, I was sore off. There's There's this old 90s, like teen drama i really like uh my so-called life and it's mm-hmm. it's very i think it is very good it tackled it had like it tackled like gender issues it tackled sexuality issues it tackled like drug and alcohol addiction and teens it tackled like a lot of stuff in the 90s but it, it, jared little's also in it and it's a bummer every time i try and watch an old episode because he's like the heartthrob in the up in the show anyway sorry we were like we're not gonna complain but one second so jared leto this guy (laughs) we get a little bit of complaint time to say that jared if i'm gonna be absolutely heartbroken if a new tron movie comes out and fucking jared leto's in it like and he's not that good this franchise is no he's 
he's kind of like not super great at acting and he's like I don't think he's attractive and he's an asshole so it's like why do you keep getting put in movies I have no idea wasn't he in like was he in a new Blade Runner? He was in something recently where he was like a weird sci-fi guy. Maybe that's why they're doing it. I can't. I can't be bothered to keep <laughs> up Jared Little's work, but I just. I know. I remember him being in like something where he was like, "I'm the weird dude," which is like his role in everything. He's like, "I'm weird and an asshole," and you're like, "Are you acting, or did they just turn a camera wow, while you were on?" Yeah, it's like he's like a. He's the worst, honestly. <laughs> I, I hope he's not in the new Tron. Oh, God, I hope not. Tron already has characters that they could go back to and kind of elaborate mm-hmm. on. Like, uh, you know, as bad as Legacy was, that movie happened. And, you know, maybe we just need to see more from these characters. Maybe we need to flesh out Olivia Wilde's character. Because she, in Tron Legacy, plays like a like a new program in the grid who's like super naive. And it's like an awful sci-fi trope of like, she's like a badass and she can fight. But she like... She's also just very naive and, like, mm. innocent. And I would like to see them develop her into more of, like, a rounded character as opposed to just, like, she doesn't know what a bird is. Like, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But that probably won't happen. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's, um... It's very unfortunate, I think, because Tron... Like like I mentioned earlier, clearly influenced a lot of things that I've watched and that I intake. And I know, like, the, like light cycles and the master control like i know like a lot of the big beats but i think it's unfortunate because it's such a rich world that they could flesh out and especially in like 2020 like there's so much you can do with a movie about technology sucking you in and like conversations you could be having with it that i would i would love to see that they seem to just keep like dropping on the floor like i'm very i'm I kind of want to go find the old 80s one. Is it up on Disney Plus? Like, I kind of want to watch it now. Yeah, it is on Disney Plus. Um, so I've watched it pretty recently. It has, like, you know, there's a ton of plot mm-hmm. holes. There's, like, a lot that could be, like, fixed with it. But, you know, the whole process of creating the movie just ballooned to be so big that they couldn't clarify a lot of the things that they wanted to. So I totally get it. And it's, you know, it's a fun movie. It introduces, like, a lot of, like, concepts. Uh, one really cool concept is that, like, every person has like a core like a like a corresponding person in the grid which is what the digital world is Mm. called um so like when uh jeff bridges goes into the gets sucked into the grid he like meets like tron and yori which are two of like the characters who are like digital versions of people that he knows in the real world oh Legacy did not really go into that at all, but like that's a really interesting concept that they do not revisit in Legacy. Yeah, that could be so because in- like, wh- why is it? Is it like your social media presence? Is it just like your like? Is it your search? Like who? What makes that thing like that? Like I I'd, I'd watch a whole movie just on that. So they don't say this in the movie, but I was reading like an interview with like the creators, mm-hmm. and they said like the reason that there is like a digital counterpart for you is because like you have like a social security card and an ID and. Your digital self is a manifestation of the fact of the list. Mm, okay. And like now that could be modernized to like you have a social presence. But like in nineteen eighty there wasn't a social right. media presence. How would that social media existing change the way Yeah, that would be so interesting. You see, hey Disney, hey Disney, that's a really interesting concept. <laughs> hey, hey Disney. Hey Disney. <laughs> hey, hey Disney. If you just just hey Disney, if you make I know you're listening. I know you listen to every <laughs> podcast that mentions your name. <laughs> And I'm I'm just saying. Oh, I do. <laughs> it's me, Mickey. <laughs> oh God, it's Mickey Mouse from Kingdom Hearts. I can hear you all the time. <laughs> Listen, we we. Sora. 
I will expect a check in the mail for Brenda if you make that idea, Disney. Hey, Disney, uh, call me. I'll write Tron 3. <laughs> you can even call it Tron 3.0. Like, it's just the fruit's right there. Like, I think if you're going to make a movie like this, it's you right got to lean into, like... You, like, you lean into that, right? Yeah, you just go for it. Um, I'm worried that at this point, they've, like, once again missed, like, the really big inflation of, like, 80s nostalgia. We're kind of, like, deviating out of that and moving into, like, 90s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So I think, once again, like always, Tron missed the boat. Well, that means it's the perfect time. Like, they're going to release it, like, in uh, two years or something or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I would really love to see it. Well, if it came out in 82, like... In two years will be like another milestone anniversary because it'll be 2022. I don't know what year. I can't do math. I'm a psychologist, but <laughs> it'll be 40 years. It'll be 40 years in two years. So perfect. Perfect timing. Two two yeah. years. <laughs> perfect timing. Disney needs to delay the opening of that roller coaster at the Magic Kingdom so it hits that milestone. They gotta. I mean, right, I, right now is the perfect time to be delaying stuff. I listen, Disney, I know you're trying to open in July. Don't. <laughs> Hey, Disney, I've seen footage of Shanghai, which opened a couple weeks ago. That's, you know, like in China, wearing masks is like part of the culture, and they are not wearing masks correctly. <laughs> so we don't stand a fucking chance. As as of this recording, as we say, this, there's a pan, there's the COVID-19 pandemic. You may have heard of it. It's a little thing. Uh, don't go to Disney World. Yeah, it might please. have affected your lives a little bit. Yeah, don't don't go to any theme park. You don't do not go to any theme park until Dollywood is open because Dolly Parton is not going to open that theme park until it's safe. So, and then when it opens, maybe go to Dollywood. <laughs> yeah, go to Dollywood. Maybe just like donate to like any cause that Dolly is supporting, um, because you know she's come out and said she is not going to open that theme park until there's a vaccine, and she's also funding the vaccine. So that's wild. Dolly's the hero we needed. <laughs> Put Dolly Parton in Tron. <laughs> Yes! Oh my god, yes! <laughs> she can get them a, a... Step aside, Daft Punk! <laughs> Was Daft Punk really in Tron? Daft Punk is in Tron Legacy. They did the soundtrack for uh for Tron wow. Legacy. Which, the soundtrack for Legacy is very good. It's got some really memorable tracks. It's really interesting. Um, but maybe we get Dolly Parton to do the soundtrack for Tron 3. That could be cool. <laughs> Speaking of the soundtrack while we're on that subject... Um, the original Tron soundtrack was composed by Wendy Carlos. Um, she was a pioneer of uh, early electronic music, and she was one of the first like celebrities to undergo gender reassignment surgery. Oh. Uh, she also did the soundtrack for The Shining and Clockwork Orange. So she has just like this massive portfolio and really uh, revolutionized like digital music as a whole. So I did want to mention her today. That's really awesome. The soundtrack for the original Tron is really good i i i am definitely gonna watch this movie this weekend like um i guess it's so fascinating to me like you, i'm i'm glad you brought this up because there's so many innovative things connected to tron that like now like movies and tv shows and like even miniseries online like use so much of this technology that it sounds like they really like tron like crawled so like avengers endgame could fly like we wouldn't have the cinematic effect of endgame if tron wasn't like we're gonna buy every computer in California to make a, a cube move across the screen for 10 minutes. Yeah, it really, you know, someone had to be the first. And, you know, sometimes the first isn't always, like, the best. But someone had to kind of create that technology so other people could build on mm-hmm. it. And we really have gotten to see. Um, cinema would not be the same without 
Tron without someone saying like we can create things digitally and now literally every single movie uses cgi in some capacity Mm -hmm. yeah i mean even like you if you see like a film that seems like it's just like like a rom-com or something you're like they didn't use cgi and there's probably a cgi team that oh no there was like a bunch of birds you couldn't get rid of so we had to cgi them out yeah um (laughs) or one of my favorite things in star wars uh episode eight how they the porgs exist because they're a bunch of penguins they couldn't get to be offset so they just turned them into porgs and now we have porgs (laughs) and i think we're all better for that (laughs) i love porgs i love their screams they're like "Ah!" yeah it's it's i'm like that's great that's amazing (laughs) penguins would be like that like no i'm gonna be in this movie and like the original star wars they would have had to like put costumes on every single puffin (laughs) (laughs) they would have had (laughs) They would have had to like go out and catch it was puffins, not penguins. They would have had to catch every single puffin and put a tiny costume on it, or they would have had to just be like puffins are in space <laughs> now because they couldn't have edited yeah. the puffins to look like anything else. <laughs> there are space puffins. <laughs> puffins are in space. <laughs> I don't know how did the puffins get to space. It, <laughs> we don't know. No, you see, it's a long, it's a galaxy far away, a long time ago. So puffins came from space. Oh, puffins are aliens. Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Have you seen them? Their beaks? Definitely an alien. <laughs> nice. Nice. You got any more Tron for Let's us? Let's see how many minutes. Let me look through my facts really quick. Beep, boop, beep, beep, beep. Beep, boop, beep, beep. <laughs> beep, boop, beep, boop. Beep, boop, beep, beep. Oh, okay. I've got a couple more. One fact is that there was an animated bootleg version of Tron um in south korea released the same exact year as tron um called savior of earth have i seen it a little bit is it really bad oh god it is <laughs> it is so bad it is unwatchable but it it's like got some like shot for shot animation it's just a wild wow a wild trivia fact that seems to speak to your like it being popular in asian markets though there's something about like that trope of like getting sucked into a different world that has just kind of like captured that market so it's very interesting um oh another fun fact (laughs) so because the disney animators would not work on tron um the creators had to outsource it to a studio called uh wong film in taiwan Mm -hmm. and this film studio this animation studio has worked on pretty much like everything kind of like tv animation related so like they did like a lot of animation for like disney shows like phineas and ferb Fillmore. um they did animation on the 2012 tmnt series on nickelodeon they did uh animation on the movie that uh refuses to leave me <laughs> balto 2 um they've just have this whole list of like sequels and like kind of like outsourced animation um but they did a lot of like the painting over for like tron and the interesting thing is, is that in the credits for Tron, all of the animators' names are credited in like the original Chinese script. Oh. So like you're watching the credits in Tron, it's pretty normal. And then just a wall of Chinese credits pops up. And I've never seen that in any other movie. Yeah, I wonder if like they asked them if that's if they prefer their names to be presented like how they actually present them, or if that was just like a yeah yeah it's pretty interesting i don't i couldn't figure out like i couldn't research to what the reasoning was behind that but it's kind of neat because you know that's what they're doing yeah, no, really, i think that's really awesome <laughs> and i think those are all of my tron facts so now you little know a little bit more about this like very obscure 
Disney movie. It's so weird. It's so it's such a bizarre because it's obscure and that no one's seen it. But like every like I feel like if you say Tron, most people like think light cycle at least like they know at least that part yeah so it's, it's so weird Yeah, people know about light cycles i feel like those have been like paired yeah have been like used in like different movies uh there's a light cycle scene in wreck it ralph 2 for some reason <laughs> don't know why they're in the internet so that, that's it that's literally it <laughs> oh i hate that movie but they're at the beginning which is the only good part of the movie where they're still in the arcade they go to, to play the light cycle game for some reason <laughs> Well, I hate to cut this podcast off a little bit short, but my jobs counselor called me early, so I do need to call her back. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, Our music is provided by Freedom Trail Studios. Um, Austin, what is our Twitter? You can find us on Twitter at Nerd Mysteries. Awesome. My Twitter is at Batman and Sobbin, S-O-B-B-I-N, if you want to hear me post or see me post pictures of the duality of my Labrador. It's amazing. Somehow it's the same dog. I, how is it the same dog? One moment she looks like a, a model and the next moment her nose goes on forever. So, <laughs> um, You can find me on Twitter uh, at NightAU26 where I mostly just I'm just like going off on racist most of these days. But every once in a while it'll catch me live tweeting my rewatch of not rewatch first watch. I'm watching She-Ra for the first time. Just made it. To, I just made it to season two. And wowee oh boy i mean i gotta watch the rest of shira <laughs> i've only seen season one i'm now ahead of you you are ahead of me that scorpion lady i love I, her with I love all her my so heart much. <laughs> so also uh go watch go she-ra. watch she- go watch shira <laughs> and listen to the tron soundtrack maybe not at the same time yeah i don't think those two would go well together but maybe they would maybe do it and report yeah, back let to us. us know all right goodbye Bye, everybody goodbye